Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Target Field in Minnesota. It's the Minnesota Twins 8, the Cleveland Indians 4. The Indians have now lost five games in a row. It is a struggle for the Indians right now. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. I'm going to admit to you guys, I'm human. I don't get to sit and watch every moment of every game. Last night, I actually watched some, we set up a projector outside, and we ended up doing a movie night outside with some friends, and we watched the classic comedy My Cousin Vinny. And I think watching My Cousin Vinny last night, I probably had more fun than people who were watching the beginning of this baseball game. Because uh, the Indians gave up a lot of home runs yesterday. So uh, I was watching Indians Twitter. I was tracking the game. And when they went up 3-0 in the second Indian, Indians Twitter basically threw up their hands on this season. Indians Twitter is an angry, angry place right now. And uh, I don't want to be that angry. I, I, don't, I don't ever want to be that angry about my sports teams or let my sports teams make me that angry. So if you're one of those people out there that just rides these emotional roller coasters, remember, this is Cleveland. This is the city of the drive and the fumble. This is the city of, I guess we don't really name the terrible things that happen to the Indians, do we? Um, I am being up 3-1 on the Chicago Cubs. This is, uh, you know, the strike zone the Atlanta Braves got in the 95 World Series. This is Jose Mesa blowing it against the Marlins. This is, you know, terrible things happen to our sports teams. Really terrible things happen to our sports teams. Unbelievably terrible things happen to our sports teams. So you got to chill, Indians Twitter. You got to chill out a little bit. I know the outfield is terrible this year. I know our catchers can't hit anything this year. I know that the Dolans are cheap and don't spend any money. I know that they didn't get any offensive help at the trade deadline when they should have, when they had a chance to, when there were guys available. I know all these things. But you know what? It's still America's pastime. It's still the thing we turn on at night while we're cooking dinner, we listen to while we're mowing the grass on a Sunday afternoon. So calm down a little bit. Give these guys a chance. There's still a couple of weeks left in the season. They're still projected to make the playoffs. Calm down a little bit. Let's see what they can do, what they can turn it around. Sometimes it comes from the most surprising places, like Tristan McKenzie pitching today. You know, maybe the young phenom is the spark that we need. Who knows? Uh, they scored runs last night. They definitely scored runs. It, this game... We made it a one-run game a couple of times, and then the Twins would just launch away from us. Uh, in the fourth inning, we made it 3-2 Minnesota, and then they scored two more runs. In the eighth inning, we were able to make it 4-5 to five Minnesota leading, and then they scored three runs to pull away. So, yeah, it was a tough loss yesterday, but it was not as bad as you would have believed from Indians fans after that second inning. All right, how did it all go down? How did it happen? That's my uh, calm down rant, I guess. Didn't expect to do that this morning. It just came out. So, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess my moral of my story is if you're feeling really grumpy about this Indian city, about this Indian season, go watch My Cousin Vinny. It's a really, really funny movie that still holds up. Uh, it made my night a whole lot better. All right, how did it all go down? 
Well, like I said, bottom of the second, the uh, the Minnesota Twins start pouring it on. Oh, boy, the Indians had a bad top of the second. Fermil Reyes strikes out swinging. Jordan Lupro strikes out swinging. Oscar Mercado strikes out swinging. In uh, five innings pits, Rich Hill actually racks up seven strikeouts for the Minnesota Twins. So uh, that's not pretty because uh, Rich Hill is more a crafty guy than he is a uh, an overpowering guy. I think they said on the broadcast last night he has six different ways to throw a breaking ball. And uh, Oscar Mercado definitely learned the hard way. If that curveball that he threw him for that swinging strike for that strikeout isn't in the Pitching Ninja's top five today, I will be very surprised. All right, bottom of the second inning. Brent Rooker doubles. Buxton pops out as the second out of the inning. It's looking like he could get out of it. And then Marwin Gonzalez comes up. Marwin Gonzalez, who is in a bit of a slump coming into this at bat, he takes a 1-1 pitch, and he smokes it out to right field for a home run. Brings in two. Two nothing for the Twins. Next batter is Williams Astudio. And Astudio takes the first pitch, I believe. So this is, no, I'm sorry, it was an 0-1 count. So within three span of three pitches, he hits a line drive home run to left field. This ball, explain the physics to me. I, you know, we need stack cast. We need launch angles on this one. How this ball Went out for a home run. That's how big and powerful this guy is. Uh, this ball never went more than what? It felt like maybe 10, 20 feet above the ground. And uh, it just carries out for a home run. So back-to-back home runs. And that's got everybody upset. And it's 3 nothing Minnesota Twins. And it felt, like, uh, it felt like the world was ending on Twitter last night. So Plesak gets hit around hard in the second we don't make much noise. The Indians don't make noise until the fourth inning when Jose Ramirez gets his second at bat against Rich Hill. And Rich Hill decided to throw Jose Ramirez a fastball. And guys that throw Jose Ramirez fastballs do not get those balls back because those balls are in the outfield seats for a home run. So he crushes a home run to left field. It's his second home run in uh, two nights, and uh, at least from the right side of the plate, Jose Ramirez is locked in. Carlos Santana would follow that up with a double. He needed that. He was in, like an I think Mandy Bell said, an 0-for-13 slide. Flamiel Reyes flies out and moves Carlos Santana up to third. That's the first out of the inning, which is good. That's big from Flamiel Reyes. I mean, sometimes it's not a hit. Sometimes just moving a runner over is enough. Luplo walks, makes it runners at the corner, one out. And then Oscar Mercado hits a fly ball to right field. Sack fly brings in Santana. You get that guy to third base. There's a lot of ways for him to come in to score. We will find that out later in the game. Roberto Perez strikes out to end that threat. All right. The Indians scratch across two runs in that inning. They make it two to three. They make it three to two, Minnesota. It's actually a baseball game now. Okay, let's see. Where will we go from here? Well, bottom of the fourth, like I said, we put up runs. They answer right back. He gets Miguel Sano to strike out swinging. He hits Brent Rooker on a really ugly ooh, hit by pitch. It hit him on his back arm, right below the wrist on the forearm. There's a lot of little bones uh, in that part of the body. And I, I, I didn't see if Rooker is seriously hurt. He came out of the game. 
I guess we'll watch the broadcast today and find out. So hopefully Rooker is all right. Um, pinch runner comes in for him, and then Byron Buxton on the first pitch. He gets one right down the middle. There is a theme here for the misses, for the home runs that Plesak gave up last night. And that one was a fastball right down the pipe. And it was missing his target. He was putting pitches right down the middle. And when you do that in the major leagues, you're going to suffer. I will tell you now, I'll jump into Plesak's stats a little bit early here. His plate discipline numbers. His first pitch strikes last night against Minnesota, he was at 74.1% first pitch strikes. So it's not that he wasn't throwing strikes. He was throwing too many strikes, right? Is that a thing? Could that be a thing? Could you throw too many first pitch strikes? Uh, If they're right down the middle, yeah. And Buxton hits a big home run, his eighth home run on the season. Is Byron Buxton turning into a home run guy? He might. He might be. Um we're able to get out of that jam, but it's 5-2 to two now, Minnesota, and that mountain seems insurmountable again. There was a good defensive play in that bottom of that fourth inning that I want to make sure I shout out because uh, it could have gotten a lot worse. It was 5-2 to two already. Following up Buxton's homer, he actually gives up a big fly ball to Marwan Gonzalez that hits high off the wall in right field. Luplo makes a great play on it. We've seen it how many times this season where an outfielder will bury themselves into the wall and then not be able to get the make the play on the ball. This time, uh, Luplo plays it perfectly like it's the green monster in Boston. He takes it that high bounce off the wall and fires an absolute strike to Lindor at second base, and Lindor slaps the tag on Marwan Gonzalez's foot as he slides into the base. So Gonzalez probably thought he had another home run. I guess it goes as a single, and then he's thrown out by Luplo at, at second base. And, uh, and, man, what a strike from Luplo. Great defensive play from Jordan Luplo. So uh, a little bit of good D saves what could have been a continued rally from the Minnesota Twins. All right. In the top of the six now, the Indians continue to scratch and claw. They get into the uh, Twins bullpen. Matt Weisler comes in to pitch for Rich Hill. Starts things off by walking Carlos Santana. All those Wachtana fans are happy now. Vermeil Reyes lines out, then a pass ball moves Santana up to second, and then Jordan Luplo, do you believe it? Jordan Luplo hits a triple. Now, this probably would have just been, actually, this should have been a flyout. This absolutely should have been a flyout. Byron Buxton had this. He ran it down. He overruns it. He leaps for it when I don't think he had to leave his feet to catch this ball. The ball hits off the heel of his glove because he looks away and he's looking for the wall because he knows he's going to slam into the wall bad. So the ball bounces off his glove. He hits the top of the padding where there's a chain link fence. It would... Not a fun spot to hit the wall. Um, I've never crashed into a major league outfield wall. It looks, it always looks padded on TV, but these guys always hit it really hard. And uh, Delano, someone can ask Delano to Shields. I think his imprint is still in an outfield wall somewhere from earlier in the season. So Buxton drops this one. He's able to recover the ball, but can't even get up to make a throw. He flips it to his left fielder to throw the ball in, which that's never a good sign. And uh, Luplo's in for a triple. Santana scores. It is to 5-3, Minnesota. Uh, we do have a guy on third base with less than two outs. Unfortunately, Mercado cannot bring him in. He grounds out softly to first base. 
and they are able to hold Lupolo at third, and then Roberto Perez strikes out to end that threat. Not a good night for Roberto Perez. Roberto Perez was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. He's hitting 167 with a 494 OPS. It has been a struggle for Roberto Perez. Zach Plesak stays on the mound in the sixth, and there's one thing Zach Plesak is definitely good at. It is picking guys off of first base. Eddie Rosario singles the lead off the inning. He strikes out Miguel Sano, and then he picks off Eddie Rosario at first base. He has a lightning fast move on that pickoff. It was originally called safe on the field. It was overturned after review, and Eddie Rosario is picked off. A little revenge for what they did to Lindor a night ago, and then Cave grounds out to end that threat. So he gets through the sixth. The Indians continue to fight. In the eighth this time, this time facing former Indian Tyler Clippard, Jose Ramirez singles to lead off the inning. He steals second base. Then a wild pitch moves Jose Ramirez to third. So he's got himself a little league triple here. Carlos Santana strikes out. Unfortunately, man, runner on third, nobody out, and you strike out. So after the Santana strikeout, they go to another Tyler out of their bullpen. This time, Tyler Duffy comes in. He gets Fermil Reyes to strike out swinging. Two strikeouts in a row with a runner on third base. This is brutal. Now Naquin comes in to pitch in for Luplo because they're facing a righty here. And he's down in the count. They throw a high fastball because everybody knows you can strike Naquin out on a high fastball. I believe it was a 1-2 count. Naquin holds up on it. Naquin doesn't swing. Maybe that mixes up catcher Ryan Jeffers. By the way, Jeffers had come in at the top of this inning as a defensive replacement for Ostadio, and he just can't handle the high fastball. It just pops off his glove, squirts away. Jose Ramirez is able to come in and score on one of the ugliest slides in the home plate you'll ever see. And uh, he belly flops basically on home plate, but he scores the run. He makes it a one-run game. Naquin would end up walking, and uh, unfortunately, Josh Naylor would fly out to end that threat. So we make it a one-run game in the eighth. We come all the way back. We go to the bullpen. We bring in the ever-reliable Nick Wickren. I said this, I was it yesterday or two days ago, we said that Wickren had been like the most reliable guy out of the bullpen in these late innings, aside from probably Brad Hand. Unfortunately, things do not go Wickren's way yesterday. He walks Nelson Cruz. What do we say about walks? Especially for relievers. It, it seems like it's even double for relievers that walks are, are guaranteed to be trouble, are guaranteed to end up turning into runs. He walks Nelson Cruz with two outs. He was looking good and then gives up a home run to Eddie Rosario. Again, a first pitch home run. It was a fastball that was supposed to be down and away, but he threw it down and in. And sometimes throwing down in the bottom of the zone is not necessarily the secret. The difference between the outer edge of the zone and the inner edge of the zone is the difference between a home run for Eddie Rosario and a first pitch strike. So most home runs, you will see that the pitcher missed their target there. And Rosario, first pitch swinging, he puts this out and pulls the Twins away again just when you thought we had a chance. It's now 7-4. to four. Miguel Sano comes up. What does he do? Well, he hits a big home run. This time on an 0-1 count, he gets a breaking ball. looked like a slider 
up around the belt, and he has the power to take an outside pitch like that and put it out to center field. Now, eight to four Minnesota. It's probably Whitgren's worst appearance on the season. It makes it five home runs for the Minnesota Twins, and the Indians would have no response in the ninth. Now facing Taylor Rogers, another one of those T names out of the Twins bullpen, and they got a lot of them, and they are good. He gets Roberto Perez to line out, to gets Delino to shield as a strikeout looking, and Francisco Lindor flies out to right to end the game. The final line for the Indians pitchers, Plesak takes the loss, moves the three and two, seven innings pitched, six hits, five earned runs, a walk, five strikeouts, three home runs. His ERA is at 2.2, a very respectable ERA on the season, but probably his worst pitching performance. Even though he does battle, he goes seven innings. He hung in there last night. You got to give him credit there. Um, He was being efficient, 87 pitches, 60 for strikes in seven innings pitched. So he was being efficient. The line for Wickren is one inning, two hits, three earned runs, a walk, two strikeouts, and two home runs. That is not a good line out of the bullpen. Like I said, probably Wickren's worst game. Rich Hill gets the win. He goes five innings, four hits, two earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts, and a home run. What did Rich Hill do? 90 pitches, 58 for strikes. See, what we talked about, sometimes he could throw too many strikes. Uh, Hill was mixing it up, keeping the Indians hitters off balance a little bit more. And uh, he's able to survive five innings and walk away with the win. And uh, the Twins bullpen, even though we scored some runs off him, we did score two runs off of the Twins bullpen. The Twins bullpen is able to do their job and hold the Indians right there. All right, batting for the Indians. Uh, the only one who really had a good day was Jose Ramirez. He was two for three with a walk. He had the home run. He had stolen base. He scored two runs. Jose Ramirez is getting MVP for the day. Uh, definitely the best performance by any Cleveland Indian yesterday. Uh, Polisak fought but gave up way too many home runs to get MVP for a day. Nobody else up to bat really Really did anything compared to Jose Ramirez. Lindor had one hit. Cesar Hernandez was only on base once. That's not that's not good enough. We you made your promise, Cesar Hernandez, to get on base twice per game. We need that back. We really need that back. Uh, Santana did have a walk and a hit. He scored two runs as well. Fermio Reyes rough game. He has dropped his average below 300 now for the first time in a couple weeks. He's at 297. So uh, best hitter on the season, but definitely not the best hitter for the Indians right now. Luplo did have the triple and then uh, no hits from the rest of the Indians lineup. Roberto Perez and Delino de Shields at the bottom of the lineup. Oh, for four, both of them with three strikeouts. It's not good. With runners in scoring position, the Indians were one for seven. I don't know what you're going to do about this Indians outfield. Do you give Bradley Zimmer another chance? Do you give Daniel Johnson another chance? Do you give Jake Bowers a chance? Remember him? He's still, you know, lingering down in the Lake County site, the alternate site. Um, I don't know. Do you just call someone up for the sake of calling someone up and giving him a chance? Do you do you send Delino to Shields back down? Mercado's hitting 133. Uh, he at least got a sack fly yesterday and got an RBI. But what what do you do? I 
I mean, at this point, it's worth it, right? Just bring Daniel Johnson up and let him keep trying. I, it's better than, oh, man, DeShields is struggling. Mercado, it's it's rough out there. It is rough to be a Cleveland Indians outfielder this season. So that's your final yesterday. The Indians give up five home runs. Now, that's bad, but it could be so much worse. The most home runs the Indians have given up in a game is seven to the Milwaukee Brewers. It's a Milwaukee Brewers franchise record. The most home runs by the Cleveland Indians, by the way, are eight. We did it to the Milwaukee Brewers in 1997, and then we did it to the Seattle Mariners in 2004. So the record for the Cleveland Indians is eight. The record against us would be the Milwaukee Brewers with seven on April 29th, 1980. And listen to this lineup. For the Milwaukee Brewers, Paul Molitor leading off, Robin Yant, uh, Cooper, Hizzle, Oglevy, Lazcano. Do you remember any of these names? Bando at third base. Um, who would hit the home runs for them? Oglevy had two. Uh, Molitor had one. Lazcano had one. Hizzle had one. And Brando would have two home runs on that day. Or Bando, sorry. Not Marlon Brando. Not... Not famed actor from The Godfather, Marlon Brando. That would be Bando. Um, yeah, so the uh, Indians would lose that day to Milwaukee 14-1. to So we give up five home runs to the Minnesota Twins, but it has been worse before. By the way, the most home runs, I started digging into home run numbers. The most home runs allowed in an inning. The Indians are actually tied for this record. The most home runs allowed in an inning are four. Uh, and there's a lot of pitchers that have done it. For the Indians, Cal McLish. Do you remember him from the 1957 team? Everybody remembers Cal McLish. Did you have his poster on the wall when you were a kid? He gave up four home runs in the sixth inning of a game in 1957. And uh, Dave Burba gave up four home runs in the fourth inning of a game in 2001. I believe those are the only Indians to accomplish that feat. Some of these guys on this list have given up four those four home runs consecutive batters. That's an incredible feat. I mean, you would think after the first three, the manager would come save you and get you out of the game. But nope, they let you face one more hitter and you gave up four in a row to consecutive batters. That would be a terrible feeling. All right. A Plesak, his pitching yesterday... Like I said, 74.1% first pitch strikes. He was getting swinging strikes. He was getting some swings and miss. He was at 16% swinging strikes yesterday. Uh, They weren't making absurd contact against him compared to any of his season stats. He was throwing the fastball less yesterday. And I wonder what was going on there. He only threw his fastball 29.9% of the time. It is the first time on the season he's been below 30% on fastballs, and it's way below his season average. His sliders were the most sliders he's thrown on the season. He was at 39.1% sliders, and he threw a lot of change-ups yesterday with a few curves mixed in. So for some reason, with staying away from that fastball, could it be because uh, the Twins hit a ton of home runs off him and he was afraid to give him anything straight and fast? Maybe. Uh, batted balls gave up way too many fly balls last night. Plesak is not that kind of pitcher. Uh, 20% line drives, 20% ground balls, 60% fly balls. 
The most he had ever given up on the season had been 42% fly balls to Cincinnati back in the beginning of August. So that was definitely a problem for him yesterday. So there's some of the advanced numbers that explain a little bit of what was going on with Plesak yesterday. Um, yeah, we need him. We need Plesak to be a top-of-the-rotation guy. Uh, we need him and Savali because when you trade Clevenger, you're trading him on the notion that Plesak and Savali can pick up that slack. And uh, we need it. We really need it from Zach Plesak. Because right now, we're still penciled in for the playoffs. And that means we need our pitching. Now, speaking of pitching, today, it's a 2 o'clock game. So it looks like uh, you Cleveland sports fans are going to have to bounce back and forth between the Browns and the Indians today. But we got Tristan McKenzie on the mound. And I know you're all excited for Brown season to start. But I think Tristan McKenzie pitching is must-see TV. He's going against Michael Pineda. Pineda, if you remember, was a young phenom for the Seattle Mariners many years ago. Way too many years ago for Pineda. Uh, He's struggled with injuries and different things. This is his third start on the season for the Twins, and he's pitching really good. He's 1-0 right now with a 2.77 ERA in those first two starts and a whip below one. So that is a good start for Michael Pineda. So the Indians are going to have to bring it today. They are going to have to deliver to help Tristan McKenzie get another win. So there you go. You get a chance to watch McKenzie pitch. The young phenom for the Indians facing a former young phenom in Michael Pineda. So that's a 2 o'clock game today. Strap in. The Indians need to end this losing streak. They are three and a half games behind the White Sox and two and a half games behind the Twins. So this is a chance to recover a little bit, keep things close against the Twins, because this season is ending fast. There are about... Two weeks left in the season. There are literally two full weeks of games left in the season with one off day in there. So, yeah. I mean, a five-game losing streak, if you were to extrapolate that over a 162-game season, I think it comes out to like 13 and a half games they've lost in a row. So, yeah, we would all be really pissed if the Indians went into a 13-game slide in a 162-game season. So we should be that frustrated after a five-game slide in this condensed season. But let's stay with them. Let's stay positive, especially for Tristan McKenzie. Come on, let's get up. Let's get excited for this game. Let's see what he can do. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Minnesota yesterday. It's the Twins 8 the Indians four. I'll be back tomorrow to cover Tristan McKenzie. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Right now, those thoughts seem to be pretty angry. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. You can call in just like you like to do to Cleveland Sports Radio. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>